0: Tune into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck.
1: Hi, this is Steven from Geek Elite Media, and I want to tell you about Cuts by Candice, a hairstylist that will work with you to get just the right look. After growing my hair out for years and years, Candace was the only stylist I trusted to cut my luscious locks. Mention our promo code, GEEKOUT, when making your appointment through the end of April 2019, and you'll get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook, and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram. And start looking the best you, you can. Hey,
0: What a Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Mitch. Hey,
1: Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, BITCH! Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Hey, Mitch.
0: Mitch. Hey, Mitch.
1: Okay, today I am here with Liz Steinworth, artist, author. Uh, It's great to... Actually, I met you at the Mission Viejo Comic Con. We, We talked there. And it's great to have you on.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um it was really great meeting you and you guys just kind of lured me over right away and you were the first ones to talk to so I talked to the right people.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we we were quite the uh pressure people to come in to to come talk to us. We we were, but we had a great time. We 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 uh, enjoyed talking to people. So, uh, I'm glad that you were able to come over and look at our booth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like I said, you're an artist and an author. Um yeah. What medium is it that you prefer? for artistry
0: um oil and i started out as an oil painter um i've always had my mindset on being an artist my entire life um and never had i thought that i would be an author mostly because i've had like issues with like academics growing up like i'm dyslexic so i've got that challenge fighting against me um and it wasn't until i painted burden um unfortunately the viewers can't see it maybe they can find my website but right behind me is my original painting that I painted in 2014. When I painted that, that inspired me to figure out who is this character that I just made and what is his burden and what is all of this about? So for two years, I just had fun brainstorming um, without even realizing I was writing a book. And eventually I accepted that I could take on this challenge and here I am, almost published a year now and loving every moment of it.
1: That's amazing. Uh, yeah, you like you were saying that the the book came from uh, the the paintings that you were drawing. Now, was there it, what what's the specific thing that you had to do when writing that to help you with your um, with your dyslexia? Like the fact that you, I mean, is there do you have to rely on your editor as much or something like that? Or
0: yeah, definitely my editor and my my first editor. She's like that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever written or edited. And that was because it was the first thing I've ever written. Um, so a lot of it was learning the craft and luckily I went to Laguna college of art and design and I learned how to take back constructive criticism without getting frustrated or looking down on myself or anything. I just, I see the feedback and I see, okay, this is what I have to do to get better. And I just do it. Um, so It was a lot of doing that, a lot of just being aware of my faults because of those things. When I type on the computer, like I'll switch up, it's, the keyboard is completely far away, but it's like the D, P, B, Q, G sometimes, those letters I will type without realizing that I have, thinking I'm writing the right word. So I (laughs) will... My brain just does weird things for me, and so I have to be conscious of what I'm doing a lot more. And uh, it's just a—it's a fun little tick that I have, I guess. And so it's just being more focused.
1: So then, after after that obstacle, what was the next biggest obstacle for you in writing?
0: Hmm. You know, it's people ask me that a lot, and to me, not like it wasn't hard. I don't. <laughs> that sounds pompous, but. I like I said, like, I just look at each thing and I don't get overwhelmed by it. I just say, okay, what can I do to make this better? And so I'm not fighting so much as others, I guess, just because I can, I don't see it as being obstacles. They're just, it's just the next step. Um, But I guess the hardest thing would be all like, right before publishing where it's all that technical stuff where it's no longer creative and it's like okay what do I need to do and I need this file format and all of that stuff but luckily my fiance is more of the uh smart brained type of guy to figure that stuff out for me but so I guess just that
1: I don't know no that's fine that's a great answer so what what about uh in the process of getting published what was what was what's a surprise or an obstacle that you came across there
0: Oh my gosh. Um, I'm so, so right before publishing, I would say several months before publishing, I had the idea that my first book was going to be named Burden, and I was going to use this painting Burden for my cover. And then after writing the book, I realized, okay, that's not really appropriate for the first book because after I wrote the book, I realized it's more about the female character's point of view. And that meant that I had to switch my idea of having a sunder and my character, Melee for the second book to be then the first book, meaning I had to paint my cover of Asunder ASAP. And so I was so focused on painting that. I got that done a month before publishing, and I had a very strict um, deadline that I wanted to meet, which was May 11th, which spells out my character's name. <laughs> very <laughs> this is cool. Um, so I was so focused on that that I forgot completely and was absent-minded about the idea that I had to format my book. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought I knew what I was doing. Obviously I didn't, because it was my first rodeo. Um, And so I had to find a formatter and she helped me try to figure it out and realized then that the formatting product was only for a Mac and there was issues. And I'm such a perfectionist with my art. And so like, there's things that she was struggling with. I was just like, I just need, I just want to tweak that and she wasn't able to figure out. So I found um, a friend that was selling a Mac, bought his Mac, bought the product and, which is Bellum, which is a fantastic product, um, and was able to format it just like a week ahead of publishing, Um, (laughs) so that was so stressful, but it was completely worth it. It looks how I needed it to be. Um, On the downside of that was meaning I didn't get my paperbacks out in time, so that my paperbacks were published uh, a month after my regular deadline. Ah. I had my So that was stressful, but it was crazy. And now I've got everything lined up, so it should be easy for book two.
1: <laughs> okay. So and now that getting into the story a little bit, what, what, what exactly is Sunder about? What, what's the world that we're, we're diving into here?
0: So it is a, I like to call it a heroic fantasy novel, um, with a flair of romance. And, I, meow, there's my cat. <laughs> um, so it is about a thief that turns on the thieves' guild he's with to rescue and take home the princess that they are just hired to kidnap. And so he hadn't realized who she was during the kidnapping until it was too late, and so then he needs to make a hard decision on, does he turn on the guild, or does he follow the, um, the task through to see who her enemy is, who his enemy is, I guess, to. So it's, um, it's a lot about trust and loyalties and solving a very broad mystery underlying everything. So I feel like I'm rambling
1: now. No, no, that's perfect. <laughs> that's great.
0: <laughs> so and,
1: and as, as you said, the story was uh, inspired by your art, your own art. was. Um, did you happen to like this, this genre of story when you were growing up? Is, is that something that also inspired you?
0: Yeah, so I've always been attracted to, um, like, vigilante characters. And I think that started rooting from Robin Hood. Um, My brother and I would play Castle Legos all the time. We would have our little den of thieves that would go infiltrate the castle and, (laughs) like, all that kind of fun drama. And uh, that's always been great. And we played Dungeons and Dragons growing up and um, just pretty much anything like that. And as I got older, I died dove into playing Assassin's Creed and that just that took over completely because a bunch of attractive men in hoods how can I not be excited <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah look at it look at your art you have a lot of hoods in there that's pretty awesome
0: <laughs> I've got a thing for hoods and stubbled chins um, so yeah so I started just exploring that realm more just trying to emanate that those characters those feelings of you know people that have to do bad in order to do good um so i started painting and dabbling in my um i don't know words uh, (laughs) figuring out what i wanted and the painting burden was from when i hired my cousin dominic and i put him in my mother's antique woolen cloak and we had a photo shoot for two hours and that was helping me express what i wanted to share and I remember like when I posed him in that picture and I like pushed his elbow in and I brought his hand up and I told him the smirk and tense his muscles. And I was like, I cannot wait to paint that tomorrow. And I did, I went out to the art store and I bought a canvas and I got to it right away. So it's just been fun to express that. And then to not only just express it, but then to find something that really has driven me further and made me write a book and make, Many, many more.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> no. So, I mean, and I, I, it's a little bit of a side note, but you said D&D there. Did you have a, a, a certain type of character you like to play or did you jump around to different characters?
0: Uh, I've always been a rogue. I've <laughs> always been a rogue. Human rogues, usually. Just that same character aesthetic. So, uh, no, I did a mage once. Um, I, I played around with a mage and she was all right, but um, I didn't. I don't know. I don't find the idea of magic as exciting as a raw human character fighting their own struggles.
1: Yeah, when, whenever I pay, play, I, I've never played magic users. It's always some type of fighter. <laughs> Bard is probably the closest I ever get to doing a magic user.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fun. I haven't, I haven't played around with that before.
1: Um, so, when when you're painting, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, you you took a photo of your cousin. Uh, is, is the usually do um something like that where you take photos and and draw uh, paint from there or do you is it come, just come from your mind
0: yeah um i struggle very hard with drawing from my imagination i have a lot of other authors asking me like hey can you draw my character and i'm like i'm, I'm not a concept artist i mm. can't struggle mostly because i am that perfectionist and i know when i draw something i'm like that's not the right proportions i don't know how to do that i need reference photos unfortunately what would be better is to work from life, but no one wants to sit there for 50 hours <laughs> and I don't want to pay a model to sit there for 50 hours. I just want to, you know, get it through. And yeah, like I would, but in time when I have money to do that. <laughs>
1: so
0: yeah, definitely working from photos is great. Um, I can do like photo manipulations, like do like a Frankenstein photo mess. And that's what I had to do for Asunder. Um, she the the model for that is Fran Nardon and I found her um, on Instagram, and every I started following her because I was trying to find people that looked like my characters. And every time I saw her, I'm like, okay, that's Meili. No, that's totally Meili. That she looks exactly like Meili. So I built up the confidence to um, message her and ask her if she would model for me, and she accepted. Um, she um, we're local. She's in Long Beach. I'm in Mission Viejo, so it wasn't too far. But she chose to do the pictures on her own. So I sent her a uh, a sketch, a really, really horrible, disgusting sketch. Like I said, I'm a horrible concept artist, but she was able to nail exactly what I wanted because I wrote out like the emotions and what she should feel and it was really great. Um, And so when I started painting that, I realized I put her, I had told her to put the arm in a certain position and it really wasn't working well in the art. And so I had to then take a picture of myself doing a pose trying to get a new arm in the reposition and then I had to um Frankenstein that into it and yeah that was a hard painting exactly. <laughs> I realized I had written myself the, the hardest thing to paint a beautiful woman with black flowing hair with an orange scarf with uh, a feathered jacket being torn asunder <laughs> so it's just like all these hard things and people would be like well what about the hands and the arms I'm like that's easy for me to paint. Like I can paint that any day, which is odd for people that are like aren't those supposed to be the hardest? <laughs> but so that was crazy.
1: So what 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 does the title of Asunder mean?
0: So uh, Asunder means to be ripped apart, in in the sense of melee's life, her um, everything that she thought was going on, and her expectations of what's going on in the world are then torn asunder. So. Things, truth that she thought were real are being explained in other ways that she's now questioning. Um, and so she's starting to see the bigger picture of things that are going on in her land her life.
1: So. Sounds good. <laughs> God, just, I didn't mean to put you on the spot or anything. It's...
0: No, that's no, it's fine. It's, it's some things you prepare for and some things I should know off the top of my head. But then it's just... <laughs> one of my tweets is just...
1: So I don't know if you uh, – I think I think we talked about this when we met, but wh- how long were you working on the book before you uh, were able to publish it?
0: Um, so there, I say there's two answers to that. One is um, from creation of when the idea of all of it started, and that was 2014 with when I painted Burden. But then it was two years of just brainstorming and, you know, not even having an idea of this could be a book. It was just – Hey, I'm going to bed tonight and I can't sleep, so I'll think about what Alden's doing tonight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would see him with like Melee and they'd be going through a forest or whatever. And so that developed the land and the idea and the timelines and all of that. So in 2016, um, I finally kind of reflected on myself and said, I think I can actually write a book. And so from 2016, um, it took me a year to write 100. 130- Thirty-two thousand words, um, and then another year to edit down to one, or to eighty thousand words, which is what Asunder is now, and then I think like a half a year of just like tweaking little things and getting like publishing ready. So, two answers is either four years or two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what where you like to uh, judge how a book is made.
1: Right. So when you sat down to start writing, did you write out an outline first or was it more just uh, free thought kind of put it onto the so, page?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a plotter. So, and I think that has a lot to do with me just thinking about it for so long that I already had a lot of the storyline in my head. So it was easy for me to open up a document and plot out, you know, the key points of what was going on. And, yeah, so that also helped me, you know write where I was inspired at the moment. So if I was if I've been thinking about you know what are they doing in you know drags like a whatever thing, and I could just plop in a couple lines there. maybe it's just like one line of dialogue or it's a whole like scene written out or a battle scene. I could write that. Because I had that planned, and that sets a tone for later. And then maybe next week or the day after, I'll write in the first chapter. You know, just hop all over the place, and that helps me build the story as a whole. Um, I feel like sometimes when I do the the panster writing, was just I think that's how you say it, um, where you just like keep writing, mm-hmm. um, you can easily dig yourself into a hole, and you don't know what the next step is because you never prepared for it, and they've led you down. It's kind of like a and D adventure. Where like <laughs> yeah, the DM has this beer, like brilliant plot set up, and then they all just they find a and a non-player character, and they just follow him through the tavern. Nothing ever. Happens. <laughs> so <laughs> I like to give myself goals for them to reach, but then also give them the freedom what they're going to do or say to get there, of course. And sometimes it inspires something else, and I'll try it out but yeah i've been uh plotting burden for uh six, i would say six months now um maybe a little bit more since publishing asunder and just recently like i would say like last week i have all of my like bows tied and i'm ready to write and it's been huge on me right now because like Plotting, you feel, I felt like my book, I felt like a uh, burden was on me trying to, you know, get everything done fast and then timely way for my fans, because they're all demanding book two. Um, but, you know, I, I need to take it slow and do the process that I know works for me. And so it took longer than I wanted, longer than, you know, people wanted, but it's what is right for the book. And now I'm writing almost every day, and it's super freeing feeling, like, knowing that I have direction and nowhere
1: to go. That's that's so. awesome. So uh, obviously Burden would be uh, the next book in the series. Do you have uh, an idea of how many books that you want uh, in the mm-hmm. series? or?
0: Yeah, so The King's Renegade will be uh, a trilogy. So we've got Asunder, Burden, and Valor. And I already see what I need to paint for Valor, and I'm really excited to paint it. It's it's like I get like, like the hat. <laughs> happy, bouncy dance when I think about it, but I firstly need to find a model that's going to represent my character, Briar. Um, he's going to be on the cover of that. I just and want to say Valor. that I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Dye your hair blonde, and we'll talk. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. He, actually, there's a sword on my wall here named Valor that he actually owns. Um, and so, well... I wrote him to have that sword and then I went to Runfair last year and I was drunk and I bought the sword, of course. <laughs> that's all you would do <laughs> when you've got cash and you're drunk at Runfair. Um, but no, I bought it because it looked exactly like his sword. and the year before that, I bought um, Alden's sword or Alden's dagger, which looked exactly like how I'd written his dagger. so I got weird coincidences all the time flowing through my book and real life. Um, so I had to buy it. Anyway, so I have Briar in mind for book three for the title Valor and I expect him to be holding the sword of some way. I'm trying to figure out exactly how that's gonna work and represent it in a similar way that I've got both Asunder and Burden, but I'm excited.
1: Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so uh I mean obviously uh IP is a very important thing these days because everything is multiple uh, medias, mediums and stuff like that. Um, since it started out as a visual, did mm-hmm. do you have an idea? And I don't know if you're a movie or TV person or anything like that, but like, do you have an idea of how this would look on the screen?
0: That would be fantastic. I mean, I that would be great. I have ideas of people that I would have cast for sure. Um Alden would be Nick Bateman he, for many stupid reasons. He, <laughs> he, he looks and acts and talks and sounds exactly like how I wrote and saw Alden in my head. And so that's easy for me. Um, Briar would be Bradley James. Um, he's the guy um, that did King Arthur for Merlin. And he's actually in Medicino. Uh, as far as a couple of the other characters, I wouldn't know who to cast, but it would be really fun to see it on the screen for sure. Um, I think it would be an easy film to do because it's it's since there's no magic, there's no nothing like crazy except for like a sea monster. Um, <laughs> it's just like castle-y woods and stuff, but. I don't know. That's, that's a long, long-term goal. Like right. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything, of course, anytime soon, but yeah, but, I've got, I've got big goals, but I've, I've nowhere to set them. Like right now, my first goal is, well, I finished my first goal, so finish the series and then I'll think about, you know, audio and all that kind of fun stuff.
1: So what was there, uh, you said you'd never thought that you'd be writing, but did you do a lot of reading uh, growing up, was that a thing for you or?
0: No, actually. And I, I'm still a really horrible reader. Um, and that is like, I know there's probably a lot of authors and even readers. That are like, Oh, how dare you? And I, <laughs> and I apologize, but then I really shouldn't because a lot of that has to do with my reading disabilities. Um, I pick up a book with like written words in it and, Firstly, I'm super intimidated because I see this hunk of words, you know, it's, I need to, it's it's a dedication, right? And I need to make sure that what I get into is going to be something that I really enjoy. And so if I'm not inspired right away, when I start reading it, I'm going to not read it. Um, And also when I start reading, it's hard for my eyes, my brain, anything to like stay focused into it. And really grasp what's going on, unless it's written in a certain way, I guess. Sometimes I'm able to do it. Sometimes it's just what's going on, and I zone out. And I don't know. It's difficult, needless to say. And so the way that I digest books now that I've learned um, exists is audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't pick up an audiobook until 2014 when I was painting Burden. And I listened to Michael J. Sullivan's Rayura Chronicles. And... That is what really, I think, helped me get into story mode. Um, just realizing that, hey, there's fantasy books out there that I can enjoy. But also at the same time, I that book, that series is so good. I haven't found anything else that lives up to <laughs> what I enjoyed so much from that. So it's been a challenge. So I've been picking up more books. Um, and by picking up I mean like downloading and listening to them. And I often don't finish them because I'm not engaged. Uh, it's not something that I want, or it's lacking something, or it's in first person, or the narrator sucks. Or I, I'm very particular, and all of these things I think has helped me to write a book that people stay engaged with. And I've received a lot of feedback with that same thing. Um, many people are like, "Hey, like I I really have a hard time getting through a book, but I couldn't put Asunder down," and I think. I really do think that's because I wrote it in a way that I would keep myself engaged. If I can't enjoy a book, how is someone else going to, right? So again and again, people that don't read or just want to, you know, have fun. They've been messaging me saying, I love it. Thank you so much. Like give me more. So I, I feel like, um, my writing style is a special thing because of it.
1: Is that, uh, so does a sender have a, a audio book? yeah
0: <laughs> not yet um and that's that's a goal like i said the guy nick bateman um he's a model actor um martial artist and he is definitely my goal to have as a narrator um and i don't know if it's a tangible goal or not it's definitely in his court if he would want to accept something of that um I do because it is it is a commitment it's a lot of hours in studio and it wouldn't just be one book when you have to do an audio. You have to accept the whole series, right? So, you know, I've he, he knows about it. He knows about me, and it's it's crazy. Even a couple days ago, I had, um, like, there's, like, stupid weird coincidences, like I was telling you. And I had messaged his fiance. She follows me on Instagram. And she had asked. Um, and she's like, hey, your art's really good, by the way. Like, I've been thinking about hiring you for some art in our house. And I was like, oh, that's great. And so she asked me my rates and I told her, and then I also said, well, you know, if you're, if Nick's open to a trade, let me know. <laughs> so, <laughs> she, she says, all right, let me think of exactly what I want. and I'll talk to Nick. So I'm like, "Oh, well, this might be a thing, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm a, a strange person. I'm I'm pessimistic, but hopeful. So I don't cling on to something with like expectations ever. I don't expect anything from anyone. I just, I'm hopeful and positive, but I never, you know, th- that way I'm, I'm never disappointed and I'm always excited. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think it, it, I think it could be a possible thing, but I'm never going to be, you know, upset or, you know, frustrated if it doesn't if it doesn't work out with him, then I'll find another narrator and I'll, I'll make it work, as I always do. All
1: right. So if uh, do you have, outside of uh, this set of, this series of books, do you have an idea for another ser- series or anything else that you want to write?
0: No, definitely. Um, I Since I've created such a lush world, um, Vatan is the world. So um, on my novel, it says, Asunder from the King's Renegade, a Vatan Chronicle. So I plan on writing all sorts of things within Bataan. Um, I've got uh, several stories where they're trying to find the lost city of Gesmek. Maybe that's going to be in book three. I, don't, I haven't decided exactly yet. That's that. Or, like, there's a huge timeline that I can use, so I can play with when the um, city was taken over by sand dunes, that drama. I've got a kingdom up in the mountains called Hyor. It's a pun <laughs> or a pie um, with some knights and, um, you know, identity things that I've got a lot to work with and I've got things spurring all the time. And But it's always about a clash of cultures of like lower class rogues or someone like that with the nobility and, of course, merging them with romance. <laughs> but you know, where there's still action and adventure. Um, and that's one thing that really wanted that inspired me to write was I have a hard time finding that balance. I find a fantasy book and it's really awesome and it's full of like action adventure and it's really cool. And then they like might say like, oh, yeah, and they, they like might get together and then they never touch on it. I'm like, but I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what happens. So I went to the other side and I went to like romantic fantasy and it's so fluffy and so stupid and like there's nothing there's no plot to it it's just weird i don't know i can't describe the silliness of romantic fantasy um (laughs) so i wanted that marriage of both where it's a strong plot and it has strong romance and characters that you can identify with but it's not so lovey gushy that you're just like oh my god this is annoying it's i don't know realistic Okay. <laughs> so, that that's my goal every time I write something, and I've received a lot of positive feedback begging for more of that. And I like to call it uh, rogue mance. <laughs> so that's kind of tag I'm I'm trying to work with it's it's a thing. So
1: okay, so I mean, obviously, you you have the whole world of Vatan, you know, constructed in your mind and and in the book. But it, are there things? I mean, obviously, there's things that have not made it into the book per se. But do you have it like written down somewhere in your your I don't know laboratory study <laughs> kind of place, just like where everything is and uh, straight up?
0: Yeah. There's a there's a lot in my head that's kind of jumbled around, and I do have notebooks, and they're the most messy, unorganized things. Dude, <laughs> I like it's so random. I. <laughs> but that's how i i work i will pick up my notebook my sketchbook and turn to a random page like middle of it no sense or reason for it and i just write down what i'm thinking and as soon as i write it down it tends to stick in my head and i've then kind of saved it as a memory and i never have to go back to that page again so there's notebooks and sketches and things all over the place that have notes that are relevant notes that are old and whatever and but it's it's all up here and it's all it's been figured out. So, very cool. Yeah, all right. there's a
1: lot. So for so an upcoming writer, someone or other than yourself, if, if someone wanted to get into something like that, what's what's some a piece of advice that you would have for them?
0: Uh, just do it.
1: Just do it. Just write <laughs> um, it. I
0: mean that's very vague, but um, look into. I guess relating back to one of your other questions, you asked what was one of the challenging things. And right away, I did just jump in and write. I didn't know anything about writing, I just did it, right? Um, And so I didn't realize that there's there's rules that you should follow, like figuring out which point of view you should follow and what you like writing in. I knew right away that I liked writing in third person, but I didn't understand that there's such thing as like third person omniscient or close or limited um and so i had been writing like all the characters thoughts and like all their actions all at once just because like i was just trying to get my book out of my head and it was a hot mess and people are like i can't figure out what's going on girl (laughs) uh, so i think one point i would say before you start writing is figure out those things figure out what point of view you want to write in if you want to write in multiple characters or if you just want to follow the story of one person do that and get to know your style. Um, also to take constructive criticism seriously without going down on yourself. And that's gonna be the hardest thing for people to, I think, work on for themselves. Um, but getting past those initial emotions and separating yourself from the feedback with your writing is gonna help you learn a lot faster and get into it. Um, if, if someone tells you, Hey, uh, well, you know, you spelled this wrong and I think this would flow better here, that'd be a stronger piece. If you take that feedback and you're like, Oh man, I'm so horrible. Like, how could I ever think I could be a writer? That's so stupid. I'm going to just stop. That's horrible. That's so sad. Like there's so many people that take it that way. And I feel terribly for them because anyone that's giving you advice or constructive criticism or anything like that they're not saying it to hurt you or bring you down or show you that you're bad. They're telling you because they want you to succeed. It's, it's a positive thing. It's it. they want to see you get better, otherwise they wouldn't have told you. So if they, if you can take that type of realization and reflect on yourself and work on your work without, you know, be good to yourself and, and just write, enjoy it. Write your passions and don't um, don't let other people kick you around. In the sense of don't write, you know, you know, people will say don't write your don't write cliches or don't write this trope or you can't have this character and you need to have these characters and if you don't then you're a horrible. Just write your book. <laughs> <laughs> just do what what makes you happy and you know you'll find a. a others like you that will respect and embrace what you want. So there's my ramble.
1: Okay. (laughs) So you also talked about your interaction with your fans and and stuff like that. How, how important to you is, uh, social media for taking on an, an endeavor like this?
0: Huge, absolutely huge. Um, I've been mostly active on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram being my favorite platform. Um, I've, well, they've got bonuses for each. Facebook, I found very useful to getting into writing groups and finding people that are going through the same steps as I am or people that are, you know, further along than I am and that I could look up to them and learn from. And getting those connections has led me to where I am now because when you, build those relationships they want to see you succeed because that helps them succeed and vice versa so i run an admin group called 200 rogue fantasy writers the resistance and i also have a a second one called the shadowing uh, writers guild and they have called me mama rogue because (laughs) i've them um you know get their works to publication and i've showed them how to you know make their books look good because I give a lot of like art feedback I help them develop their sense of identity with some of their writing um, and visuals and then unfortunately I, i'm I'm horrible because I, I I can't I don't I haven't read any of their books and that's just part of my my issue and I explain that to them all the time I'm like I'm so sorry. I want to, and I've tried, I think I've tried to read each of their books and I don't get very far because I'm just, I'm horrible. And, but I have like a huge stack of them. I think it's, it's in my other room, but like I buy all of their books. I have all of their books and that's the way that I support them by helping them with this group and giving them feedback and being not just a writing group to help, learn how to write, but also as a real support group for anything that they may be going through. Like so many times people are like, Hey, my mom's in the hospital. I just need someone to talk to. And we're such a small community and we all know each other so well that we're there for each other. And it has nothing to do with writing, but that's what a support group is for, like, you know, to help each other. So that's been going on for a year, maybe more of writing this group or running this group and I've got a couple other admins in there that we work with. Um, But it's been super fun. So Facebook's great for making those connections and helping each other, share each other's stuff and getting the word out. I found that like a Facebook page is really great for already made fans and it doesn't draw in a lot of new people coming in because people don't use hashtags on Facebook as much as they would on Instagram. So that's where I love Instagram because it's able, it provides me a place that I can find new fans and get people lured in and they can read my book and they can see my artwork and get to know me as a author and artist. Um, And so that's been really fun and just getting to know people on there, finding models, talking to them, finding other uh, authors, I don't know, Instagram's just like crazy fun and it's organized it looks good. <laughs> it visually looks good. And that pleases the artist in me. So I enjoy it.
1: That's good. So, uh, I mean, so uh, what, what about advertising? wise is social media helped in any way that way?
0: Kind of. So I've dabbled with, uh, advertising and like paying for ads and things on both Instagram and Facebook. And I have found there to be very little results from it. And so I've, I haven't paid for ads for almost uh, a year now. I wouldn't say that, I would say for eight months. Um, And I've just been focusing on making real connections with people and working on that type of feedback. Um, I think ads will be in my favor later when I've got more books out, when I can kind of prove to the world that, hey, I'm not a one trick pony, like here's book two, here's book three, here's all these other books that I'm gonna have. And then an ad will help with those so that's my theory that's my experiences through it i know other authors have seen a lot of experience or like positive feedback with ads and others are just like no it's crap too so give and take
1: so what what is what have you found has been the best uh result or uh yeah for you uh at this point right now to getting your book give- out there
0: yeah uh yeah sure. giveaways are fun um I, I have a lot of things to give away. I've got my books to give away. I've got art to give away, and I guess those, those, that's it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun because people are excited and those are things that they want. They want those tangible things. And so now and then I'll run a giveaway and I'm gonna be doing that soon, I believe, um, as I ramp up for my one year anniversary for Asunder. I'm probably gonna have like 10 days of giveaway stuff or something where you can get books and art and maybe it's so both. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but that makes people excited because they tag friends. And then the, those friends are people that are interested. And they'll want to do it. And so then it just creates a snowball effect of interest. So giveaways are great. Um, otherwise, I would say sharing other people's stuff. Making sure that you're tagging um, people and just being interactive. Um, other than that, just helping people in general because like people ask questions in like Facebook groups and just being able to ask them and like help them through something, they appreciate that and so they're going to support you in return. So. there's a convention going on right now actually, uh, WonderCon here in Anaheim. I Miami.
1: know, and I'm missing it.
0: I know, me too. I could go, but I'm like, I could be writing also. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, which usually translates into me sitting on the couch on social media. So I'm getting better. I'm getting myself off of that addiction.
1: Or, you know, talking but, to a complete stranger on video chat. That's okay, too.
0: That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, either way. Um, I definitely want to get into conventions, but I think also for me, um, like, it's great to do, and I've done it a couple times with my art, um, and I would definitely do it for my books and I want to, and that's a goal, but at the same time, I feel like until I get book two out, I wouldn't think of it as a, a good idea.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Just because I want to have that presence of, Hey, this person is on a roll trust in this author and not believe in there. So.
1: Okay. All right. So, I don't know if you get a little bit about you, about the, the author artist that you are. What, what is it that you, you like to watch? What, what do you geek out about? Do you play video games? Do you, do you, uh, you know, do extreme sports? Are you a skydiver?
0: Oh, God, no. No, no I will not put my life in danger <laughs> through this year. Um, But, yeah, several things. Um, so my fiance actually works for Turtle Rock Studios. They are a, a game studio. Um, here in Lake Forest, California. They made Left 4 Dead and Evolve. And they've just recently announced um, Back for Blood, another zombie-killing game. Um, so I've always been passionate about video games in that sense. Like I said, I've played Assassin's Creed. Um, and I used to be super gun ho about you know, playing Battlefield and all sorts of stuff. But actually, since I picked up writing, I haven't played a game, I would say, for four years now. Um, and it's a lot of that dedication of kind of like reading a book. It's like, I need to be sure I'm going to enjoy this and want to sit through like 10, 12 hours of doing that activity. Um, so I haven't played anything, unfortunately. Um, I'll watch movies now and then. Uh, but I still have that same, like, guilty feeling of, like, I should be making my own content. I should be doing my own thing. Um, but Game of Thrones, definitely obvious. Love that. Um, I just watched Medici. Um, and that was only for personal reasons, because uh, the actor that I see as my character Briar was in the second season. <laughs> so I watched all the way through that just to see him. And I was like, there he is. Um, uh, let's
1: see. How excited are you for the next season of Game of Thrones?
0: Pretty or excited. I've been season. brainstorming if I should um, throw a Game of Thrones like watch party at my house or something. I think it'd be fun. Um, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Make it come in cloaks and stuff. Any um, any
1: theories on the on the end? Who's going to be on the Iron Throne if it even exists?
0: If it even exists, uh you know, I don't like thinking too far ahead. Uh, of things like that. Um, I, I do it so much with my own book that I want to just be fed information, right? Like I just want to enjoy something else without thinking too hard about it. So I haven't plotted or like I haven't tried to solve anything. I just sit there and enjoy it. But I don't know. It's just gonna be a shit show. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> gonna be on fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good question, though. Is since uh, as a as a writer and a creative, like when you're watching things like that, or you're you're being fed, do you do you think, oh, I would have done something different there, or do you just take it all in?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it really hard to watch things nowadays because even if I'm trying, I'm trying hard not to think about it, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, a good example. The last thing I can think of. Well, not the last thing, but one of the examples I can think of is, um, what's it called? It was that Pixar movie with the um, a little Mexican boy. Coco. Coco, yeah. So everybody, like I was watching that and like right away I was like, oh. This is the plot twist. (laughs) Super quick into the movie, and then like when the plot twist was revealed, the entire theater gasped. I'm like, really? They didn't get it till now. It was ruined to me because I'm so like, I know how storytelling works and how certain things are said in certain times to make plant the seeds, right? So it's frustrating. (laughs) I wish enjoy things sometimes
1: but yeah I, I completely understand that I, I had the same I had the same feeling just watching us recently like I really yeah. felt like the when you get that the big reveal it's just like oh I, I mean I kind of got that earlier but didn't.
0: yeah um and, and people with my book there is a big plot twist and if you're clever if you're reading into it like I would you could figure it out um And there's plenty of people that don't. And it's fun to see. It seems to be about a 50-50, which is great. And the people that do figure it out, they still love it because then they're rooting for that thing happening. And um, when I figure out a plot twist, like I feel bad about it. Like I'm like, oh, like that ruined the fun. But in the way that I wrote mine, it's like, then you're on this journey. Right. So you're like, you're doing this, and then you figure it out, and you're like, ooh, ooh, and then you're seeing everything from a different perspective. Um, And in that same sense, when people have read through and they didn't figure it out and they get it to the end, they're like, oh my gosh, that. (laughs)
1: Then
0: they go back to the beginning and they read it again. So many times I've had people tell me, like, this is my second read through. I have one fan that's read it over 10 times. It's not even out a year, and she's read it 10 times. I'm like, oh my gosh um she's number one fan though she even got a tattoo of um melee's tattoo on her shoulder so
1: wow it's
0: very cool that's <laughs> very humbling
1: <laughs> now was that ba- was the tattoo based off of your already art or
0: yeah so royals and nobles in my in baton get a tattoo of their kingdom ta- on their right shoulder
1: oh
0: and uh, so if, it's, if they're noble, then it's just the the crest of their kingdom. If they're royal, there's a shield that's put around it, too. And so that kind of gives them the, that status visual. Um, and I've created a whole culture based off that. Like when they bow, they, they cover up their tattoo to kind of show that um, we're equals and I respect you. So there's that and... There's like festival that goes on that you can earn nobility and get that tattoo and there's a lot of crazy things that are tied in with it so for her to get it is really cool and she she got herself to be royal, which is pretty neat <laughs> yeah. Someday I hope to get a tattoo as well but um, I'm getting married in late September so I don't I don't want a tattoo during my wedding. Um, it'll be after that then I can go crazy. So. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, how, how I mean, obviously you said it was humbling, but like how crazy was that to have a piece of your art on someone else's body?
0: It's insane. And it, it's more than just a piece of art too. Like there's like, it's a whole book, like it's yeah. a whole movie, it's a whole culture. It, it's, it's a part of me that's amazing. And she, she has it with her every day. And that's, it feels so cool. Um, I don't think I never expected something like that. Like maybe like I expected, No maybe someone to hire me to do, uh, they've asked me before, like, Hey, will you draw a tattoo for me? I'm like, eh, don't really want to. <laughs> um, mostly because I'm not an illustrator. Right. Um, of mine. So it's, they're different tasks, but yeah, that's crazy. My, my fans are amazing. And it, like I said, it's really humbling to have this type of fan base for being a brand new author. Um, I've got, like I said, She's got a tattoo. I've got people cosplaying as my characters. Uh, I've got fan art. I've (laughs) someone wrote a pub song based off one of my characters from the tale that he like. It's a it's a pirate, and so he there's like a monster that they fight, and when they get to um, the Cat Islands, which is like the thieves islands Mm -hmm. thing, he starts telling this tale, right? But it's all like. In the background, like, you don't get it from his perspective or anything. You just start hearing um, other people starting talking about, like, what he did to slay the monster, even though, like, he didn't. So it's just <laughs> like this long tail like, that just gets blown out of proportion. And so he sang a song. He's got, like, a British accent and everything. He lives in England. And so he wrote that and sang it. And it was hilarious. So I've got songs. I've got fan fiction. Just all of it, I think, has already been happened. <laughs> It's crazy. And I love it. And I can't wait to see more.
1: When, you, when, you were, when you're sitting down to write, do you close off the rest of the world? Do you have something playing in the background? Do you have music playing?
0: Yeah, all of those things. I need to be very... I, I've turned into a recluse is okay. what's happened. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's bad to the point of um, even if my fiance is home in the other room, I get like a strange anxiety. Um, even though he's learned to respect me and not bother me and he's there's nothing that he could do that like really bother me but it's just like that sense of someone else in the house kind of cramps the creativity so I write when he's not home sometimes I can do it when he's there but I don't I'm not as productive so I took over my guest room and made it into a writing room and I have like old world furniture in there, and paintings that I've done that inspire me, um, like pictures of Alden, my character, and Meili, and the land. I theme it in a way that it's um, old world, so that there's like there's bottles of ink and potions and things. It's just it's cool. It's like if you went to like an old cottage. So. <laughs> It's me. and so I'll sit in there and I'll write, and it's it's inspiring. And I have um, uh, music playing, and it's usually like soundtrack stuff, ambient, nothing with singing. It's just very calm, backgroundy, put you in the mood thing. And also to set that mood, I have I, I like candles, and my favorite candles are now called Cantrip candles, and they're um, soy based, made in Hollywood, and they're actually Dungeons and dragons Dungeons and Dragons
1: theme,
0: <laughs> and so my my favorite one is Dungeon Depths, and it smells so good. Um, he's got some other crazy flavors, but they're they're amazing, and the fact that they're like D and D themed is just perfect.
1: So, <laughs> so uh, the, well, now that you know, lots of things are multi-platformed and stuff like that. Do, do you ever think about putting out a uh, soundtrack to listen to as you're reading the book for people? Mm.
0: With- hmm. interesting. Uh, I've never thought about that. That's, I don't know. They could.
1: Maybe what you Um, were listening to while you were writing it?
0: Yeah, there's there's actually some songs that I have that I tie to certain characters, but I wouldn't say that they'd be good to listen to while reading because they do have, you know, voices and they sing.
1: Uh huh.
0: But yeah, like on my YouTube, I. Just for my personal thing, I've got like sections of Alden and they've got like music that ties to him or Melee and then her music. Um, so I mean, I've got things that set a mood for a character's presence, but nothing for like the entire book in itself, I guess.
1: Hmm. Uh, I want to say thank you. That's it's. We've been talking for an hour now, so I hope I haven't <laughs> taken up too much of your time.
0: Of course. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Like, I can talk about this stuff all day so thanks for asking and thanks for inviting me onto your show
1: oh no thank you uh what what are some of the i mean you said them already but what are the social medias that you can uh, best be reached at
0: sure so um i'm mostly active on instagram and that tag is the art of liz um on facebook uh it is author l steinworth and i do have twitter but that's like a it's dead to me. I, I <laughs> I've tried. I've tried to use it and it's just I feel like I'm just shouting into the abyss and no one cares. <laughs> so I've kind of stepped away from that as much. Um but that if you are on Twitter and want to follow, it is L Steinworth? Liz Steinworth? Liz underscore Stein, I don't know, you can find me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um other than that, yeah, there's also my website, theartofliz.com, which you can see my artwork and my novel. It's both on there. And there's a link to Amazon if you want to buy it through that as well.
1: So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of Geek Media, it's at Geek Media on Twitter, at Geek Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. So until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to Geek out. Geek out
0: we now return you to your regularly scheduled program
1: hi this is steven from geek elite media and i want to tell you about cuts by candace a hairstylist that'll work with you to get just the right look after growing my hair out for years and years candace was the only stylist i trusted to cut my luscious locks mention our promo code geek out when making your appointment through the end of april 2019 and you'll get 10 percent off your hair services follow cuts by candace on facebook and cuts by candace 3 on instagram and start looking the best you you can